You're listening to The Sport Market. Here to rack the bulls and bears of sport business. Your host, Tom Mayonect. Wow. That was quite the Friday in the world of baseball. It certainly was quite the Friday in the world of Toronto Blue Jays baseball and Toronto Blue Jays fandom. And love it or leave it, it was quite the day in the world of X, the web platform, social platform formerly known as Twitter. Maybe had its craziest day of the year on December 8th, 2023. We're going to get into a lot of that, of course, because we're all operating these last few days anyway on Shohei Standard Time. The narrative is in his shoes and the shoes of his camp, his agency at CAA. But certainly make no mistake, although it's impossible to read the tea leaves, the Blue Jays are in this. Whether they come away with the most coveted free agent in baseball history is another question, especially against the fact that it sure seemed that if you read the posts on Twitter and on other social platforms, And you saw even insiders defaulting to what seemed to be a buzz around the Jays, initiated by, of all things, a Los Angeles Dodgers blog. It will be a very interesting weekend. It will be a very interesting next couple of days. And if the Blue Jays pull this off, it'll go down as one of the real game changers in the business of sport in Canadian and North American sport history, if not global sport history, simply because of what's at stake here. It really is, in a lot of ways, a tale of two unicorns. We'll get into some of the media angles in just a moment on our opening bell commentary. We're going to roll out the Sport Market Podium, funded by Alpine Credits, our top three sport business stories of the week. Later this hour... We're going to hear from Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun giving us his take as where he thinks this is going to go over the course of this weekend and into next week. We'll also be joined by Dick Zokel, former Canadian PGA Tour player, member of the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame. He'll be weighing in on one of our podium stories, of course, around John Rahm declaring four Live Golf for the LIV Golf Series. We're also going to roll out Hot Stuff, our weekly merchandising report, and also the Billion Dollar Club, some franchises worth 10 figures. But we'll kick things off with our opening bell commentary. Friday was a learning experience. It was yet another reminder as to how different news dissemination is news tracking, and even news hounding, so to speak, how different it is in 2023 going into 2024 than it was 20 years ago and certainly 30 years ago before the internet era, let alone before the social media era. And for all of the positives of how technology 
has brought us together. Friday was yet another example of the downside of fact-free commentary, as Shai Davidi of Sportsnet referred to it on Friday afternoon. This is the second major, open quotes, incident, close quotes, that we've gone through on social and on X in particular in the last month. The first one being the whole Connor Bedard, Corey Perry frenzy that went just absolutely out of control and was propagated by anonymous, anonymous posters, anonymous content creators, so to speak. And a lot of that was happening on Friday as well. Now, not to take anything away from the L.A. Dodgers blog, Dodgers Nation, that was the first to explicitly say, hey, congratulations, Toronto. Sorry, Dodgers. Shohei is moving to Canada. But there was a really interesting dynamic created where, again, for at least the second time in the last two to three weeks, you had to really double, triple check what you're reading, who's it being posted by. And all I'll say in my opening bell commentary is, wow, some days I long for the days of just legacy media domination where you had your trusted, select few media providers of content and news. It scares me in a situation like Friday, how many anonymous, undercover, so to speak, people are weighing in and creating a narrative, which is often a false narrative, as we saw again on Friday. Now, to me, X would be a much better place to be if there was no such thing as anonymity, anonymity, if you had to legitimately register as yourself. Now, I might be dreaming in Technicolor, but there's got to be ways to do better than we did collectively on Friday and certainly collectively better than we did a couple of weeks ago on the whole Corey Perry frenzy. Let's check out our podium. Now, with the top three sports business stories of the week, here's the Sport Market Podium, funded by Alpine Credits. Own your home and need a loan? Homeowners get approved. Apply now at alpinecredits.ca. For background on the stories, go to the sportmarket.biz. In the bronze medal position, our number three sport business story of the week, it's the NBA in-season tournament heading for the finals Saturday, the, the, the finals Saturday night in Las Vegas, Anthony Davis of the LA Lakers previewing that matchup against Indiana Pacers, the surprise finalists on the other side of the draw. Very good ball. I think it's maybe last week that they scored a lot of points, a lot of 140s and things like that, 130s. But um, obviously, the head of Snake, Tyrese. Um, you know, we're good role players around him, you know, who complement him very well. Um, you know, they're young, they're scrappy, um, they get out and run, and they play the right way. So uh, it's going to be a test for our defense for sure, um, but it's going to be an exciting game. That is Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers preparing for a showdown against the surprising Indiana Pacers. It is the first ever NBA Cup final 
already doing what it set out to do, which is kickstart the NBA season ahead of its traditional sign-on point on Christmas Day. You had sort of pretend NBA seasons in the past, and then on Christmas Day, people really got engaged for the rest of the way. This was designed to try to create that engagement, especially with casual sports fans earlier, and certainly it seems to be mission accomplished. We'll get into a lot more of that this hour on the sport market. In the silver medal position, a number two sport business story of the week, golf continues to shift change. John Rahm, Masters champion, the Spaniard, making the decision after vowing never to cross the void, so to speak, to join the Live Golf Series. I think the innovation and, and the vision of Live Golf is what pushed me over to at least give it a chance and, and hear the pitch out and uh, ultimately ended up being what uh, I guess I wanted to hear, right? Uh, I believe in the growth of the game of golf. Uh, I've largely spoken about how Sevi improved the game of golf in Spain yeah. and I've always said how I would like to do the same thing over there and if I can reach a bigger audience it would be amazing and uh, I do believe this process will help me do that. Even though it's not part of this sport, um, it is now though it was the team aspect of things, yeah. right? Some of the biggest sporting events for the most part people are following their teams and I myself growing up being a, a massive athletic Bilbao fan uh, I realized that, you know, that has a bit of an appeal, right? Much more than, than I gave it credit to even in golf. That is John Rahm, the latest to take big money to become part of the Live Golf Series. We'll get into that with Dick Zokel, former PGA Tour player. He's uh, now, of course, one of the key architects at Predator Ridge in, in the Okanagan. $77 million dollars is what John Rahm made in his eight years on the PGA Tour to date, $77 million. This deal, $550 to $600 million U.S. dollars at its max value, and that's essentially for showing up. And that's part of the thing going to get into with Dick Zokel. I do worry about golf in terms of casual fans, and the positioning of men's golf in this environment compared to a unified tour. We might still get there, but there's such a state of flux that I've never seen before in either men's or women's professional golf. But in the gold medal story, a number one sport business story of the week, and it doesn't have a defined outcome yet, we're talking about the free agency of Shohei Otani and the contention to be very much in the discussion of the Toronto Blue Jays. Here's Ben Nicholson-Smith of Sportsnet. Uh, so to this point, we know that the Blue Jays have serious interest in Shohei Otani, and that seems to be reciprocated. Uh, of course, um, they seem to be a finalist for him, along with a few others. Now, we don't know what that means beyond that. We do not know about any visits to Toronto. I'm told that Shohei Otani is still in Southern California with no plans to visit Toronto in the, in the immediate future. Of course, that can change with a couple phone calls, but as of this afternoon, he was in SoCal, no plans to go to Toronto, but 
the Blue Jays very much regarded as a team that's in that mix. They still can land him. If anything, they're at the forefront of those talks, seemingly um, with the Dodgers uh, apparently in the mix, according to some reports, depending on what you believe. The Blue Jays are a team that is very capable of landing Shohei Otani, but it has not happened yet, and he is not in Toronto. It's our number one sport business story of the week, and we'll get into it. That was Ben Nicholson-Smith of Sportsnet. We'll get into it with Rob Long of the Toronto Sun next as we continue to rate and debate the bulls and bears of sport business on the sport market on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now more of the sport market. Rating and debating the bulls and bears of sports business. Otani's ready. Trout's ready. 3-2. He struck him out! Otani strikes out Trout, and Japan's back on top of the baseball world. Quite the showdown in the World Baseball Classic. Teammates with the Los Angeles Angels at the time, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. What a day for Otani watch. What a day for the Toronto Blue Jays being so much in the conversation. Obviously, X in some respects has had better days, but it certainly was a connection point on Friday in a way that maybe we haven't seen all year. It might have been the craziest day of the year on social. But it was also quite the day <laughs> for a certain dragon. Javich, imagine him getting caught up to speed with his plane having been tracked all the way from Santa Ana Airport in SoCal into Toronto. That's the kind of day it was. We've got Rob Longley, Toronto Sun, about 45 seconds away. First, though, we're going to check out some franchises worth 10 figures. The Billion Dollar Club. Not a bad place to start in terms of who's in play here. And a lot of people put the Blue Jays at the front of this list. But here's who the Jays seem to be up against. L.A. Dodgers, heritage brand, $4.8 billion, according to Forbes magazine, is their franchise valuation. Chicago Cubs, $4.1 bill. San Francisco Giants, $3.7 billion. Even the L.A. Angels are rated by Forbes to be a higher value proposition than the Toronto Blue Jays, $2.7 billion with the Angels to $2.1 billion with the Jays. Now, I'll tell you, the Angels' franchise value has gone significantly up over these past six years on account of Shohei Otani. You'd see exactly the same thing happen with the Jays. They would automatically become a top eight brand in Major League Baseball, and they'd grow from there. But that's who the Jays are up against, these heritage brands with strong national and international followings. If the Blue Jays pull this off, it'll be an upset a number at a number of levels, but it also makes sense in so many other business levels that we'll get into with Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun. First of all, Rob, have you ever seen a day like yesterday on social? No. And, and in fact, Tom, in, in my 30 plus years in this business, I don't think I've seen a, a, a day quite like that in terms of chasing a story and just the the twists and turns and the hysteria and talking to editors and talking editors down and making plans with editors. And then 
all of a sudden having it all go quiet later in the afternoon when, it, when the story sort of fell apart. It was it, it, it was crazy on social from the start, and, and it, it really, uh, I think, showed some of the perils of, of, the, of, of, of that journalists face um, with social media these days and also how hysteria can, can run the narrative. Yeah, the perils that we all face in terms of social media and, and the way we consume information that we'd like to trust. Uh, what was your initial reaction when J.J. When Hoonstra, uh, who is not just the head of the Dodger Nation blog, but he is a baseball writer's uh, 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 member, when he went as explicit as he did mid-afternoon saying, goodbye, Shohei, congratulations, Toronto, uh, what was your immediate reaction? I guess my immediate take was okay. Maybe there really is some some legs to this, and 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 I must admit, I I immediately um, investigated further as to, as to what his credentials would be, you know. And in fact, his report may still be somewhat accurate, right? I mean, he never said anything about about uh, Shohei Otani being on a, on a plane on his way to Toronto. He, he basically was saying that the deal with the the talks with the, the Dodgers had basically ended and, and that Toronto was going to going to win this. And as far as we know, that that's still a possibility. So, um, you know, he, he does have some credibility. He's a BBWA member, as you mentioned. And, and the Dodgers Nation uh, website um, certainly has a, a, a large and loyal following. So to me, it, it, it added some credibility to what we had been uh, following earlier in the day and some of some of the previous reports and it just it just gave it a, a a greater sense of seriousness we're talking to rob longley of the toronto sun and the post media network here on the sport market on the Sportsnet radio network uh, rob in your view what are the major factors that have gotten the blue jays this far in the process as as an apparent finalist for the services of the uh, most coveted free agent, arguably not just in baseball history but but sport history, how do you think they've gotten from where they were <laughs> being eliminated by the Minnesota Twins to where they are now? Very much part of the conversation. I think there's probably a number of things that that play into the Otani camp. Tom, it would start with money. I mean, clearly Rogers Communications, the owner of the Blue Jays, is is in, in the right ballpark. I mean, they are uh, north of 500 million in their offer and, and, and have the Otani camps attention that way. But I think there are some, some, some elements that might really appeal to, um, to the player himself from some of the things that we've, we've gleaned from him over the years. And when it comes to plying his craft, he, he prefers simplicity. Um, he's a guy that from, from, from all accounts is very serious about the work that he puts in spends a lot of time at the stadium, uh, spend, does a lot of work at the stadium. Um, obviously, there's some requirements being a dual threat the way that he is, that he, that he, he really has to worry about his, his fitness and his readiness. And, and the pitch that, that, that Rodgers and the Blue Jays are selling to him would, would, would fit into that. Um, the current phase of the $300 million renovation at the Rogers Center, one of the biggest parts of that that would attract a, a, a player is the new Blue Jays clubhouse and player facilities, Tom, is going to be 33,000-plus square feet. And in there, they'll have a state-of-the-art weight room, probably one of the best in the league. They'll have hot tubs, cold tubs, um, a couple of nap rooms even, all the player comforts that, 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 a, that a pro athlete could imagine and, and use to his advantage and basically would be tailor-made to a guy like Shohei Otani. 
And if he wanted to, I mean, he could live in a condominium that would be less than 200 steps from gate 13, which takes him right down to that brand new clubhouse. So if, if the, 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 uh, the idea of being able to do the work and, and, and get it in, in a, in a simple matter appeals to him, that's one of the factors that would be, be in the blue Jays favor. Another would be, um, by many accounts, he really has enjoyed his visits to Toronto with, with the Angels in the past couple of seasons. He's enjoyed walking around the city and, and has been able to do so uh, in, in, a, in relative anonymity, um, and that would appeal to him as well. I mean, obviously, one of the things that the Otani camp, camp has, has, has made clear over recent weeks is that he wants to play for a contender, and if, and if his handicapping of the Blue Jays is, is such that they're a team that could be a contender for, for, for a number of years going forward. Well, you know, it's going to be a contract that's, that's likely approaching a decade. So, so that would appeal to him as well. So there's, there's a number of things that would seem to align to the interests that he likes and, um, and almost makes it a perfect fit. Playing in a dome, playing in those American League East ballparks would certainly appeal to the, to the hitter that Shohei Otani is. Um, I, I, and, uh, you know, you would certainly be – you would certainly expect the ex- the uh, the performance that he's had at the plate over the last couple of years to continue in those types of environments. Rob, we've got about a minute. I, I, I without putting too much pressure on you and really focusing on the Rob Longley crystal ball. <laughs> if it isn't the Jays, if they don't win the Shohei Otani sweepstakes, where would you be putting your money? I suppose if I had to pick one team, Tom, it would be it, it would be the uh, the Dodgers. But you know, if it were a situation where it's like you are at the racetrack and and the field is an option, I might consider that because the Otani camp has has uh, you know played this so close to their best that who knows if there are other suitors in there that we haven't heard a word about. The San Francisco Giants have certainly one team that has has had some some traction. So. You know, I, I'm of the mind that if the Blue Jays or the Dodgers don't get it, it could be a team that don't get him. It could be a team that's that's going to surprise everybody. That's how that's how um, how tight these negotiations have been, and that's how tight the flow of information around Shohei Otani has been from the outset since he became a free agent. Yeah, you know, I, I see it very similar to you. Uh, I, I, there's a lot of reasons why Dodgers would make sense if it isn't the Blue Jays, simply because he wouldn't have to move his family, wouldn't have to move a lot of his infrastructure. Uh, but I, I also am not discounting the San Francisco Giants and the Chicago Cubs, again, because they're hair. If it isn't the Jays, I would put my money on being one of those really historic heritage brands that winds up getting him. Having said that, the Jays are a really interesting proposition that are different from any other market, and that might be the difference for a CAA agency and the Otani camp. We really appreciate this, Rob. Uh, any other advice you can give to us uh, as we uh, watch uh, X over the weekend? Just uh, be careful and, and enjoy it and be amused by it. Don't get your hopes too high until until we get official word, because it, it was, as you said off the top, Dom, it was madness yesterday. Really appreciate it, Rob. We'll we'll stay close to you. Best of luck, and we'll be obviously following you on Twitter at Rob Longley and uh, also uh, uh, at the Toronto Sun, watching your byline on this very important sport business story and sports story period. Thanks, thanks so much for doing this. Hey, my pleasure, Tom. He is Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun.
Next up, one of the other big stories. It's our silver medal story on the Sport Market Podium funded by Alpine Credits. John Rahm joins Liv. We'll be joined by Dick Zokel next to break that down as we continue to rate and debate the bulls and bears of sport business on the Sportsnet Radio Network. You're listening to the Sport Market. Once again, here's your host, Tom Mayonect. I think it means that the PGA Tour needs to rethink the way they were going with these negotiations. I don't think that... I'm not stepping out of bounds here when I say that whatever it is that's transpired over the last two weeks will change the tour's thinking. And I, I do think it's safe to say that the PGA Tour was clearly leaning in the direction of private equity. This is going to force them to look closer at the public investment fund. Rex Huggard of the Golf Channel talking about our silver medal story on the sport market podium funded by Alpine Credits. It's our number two sport business story of the week behind only the Shohei Otani madness of uh, last week and Friday in particular. John Rahm becoming part of Live. We'll get into that in about 30 seconds with Dick Zokel. First, we're going to check out some hot stuff. Hot stuff. What's hot in jerseys, merchandising, and licensing on the sport market? The hottest jerseys in Major League Baseball this season. Top 10 status goes to Mike Trout, Shohei Otani's former teammate, or at least technically current teammate at the Los Angeles uh, Angels. Alex Bregman of the Astros is nine. Matt Olson of the Braves, eight. Julio Rodriguez of the Seattle Mariners is seventh. Then you've got uh, Jose Altuve of the Astros. Mookie Betts at number five from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Fernando Tatis Jr. is fourth with the Padres. Then you get into your podium. Aaron Judge of the Pinstripes is number three. Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Braves is number two. And the hottest selling jersey in Major League Baseball is number 17, Shohei Otani. And he did that in six years the Los Angeles Angels. The question is, where is his number 17 going forward? The big question is, where is the PGA Tour going forward? Dick Zokel, of course, has been following the the civil war in men's professional golf with us for uh, a couple of years now. And Dick, uh, John Rahm, uh, as Masters champion, making the move, uh, certainly another big headliner. Uh, what was your take with the news this week? Uh, it, it wasn't a very well-kept secret, but it was made official this week. Uh, when it was finally formalized, uh, what was your takeaway and what should we be thinking about? Well, uh, good to be with you, Tom. Uh, thanks for having me. It's interesting. This, um, I think uh, when the rumors earlier in the week with that John Rahm maybe in a position to jump over to live. It was a little concerning. And then when the announcement, it was a little bit of, um, oh, gosh, I think it's an inflection point of the PGA Tour. Liv is, uh, with John, John Rahm moving over, I think Liv is sucking the soul out of professional golf. Greed is uh, overcoming and undermining the history of the PGA Tour. There's, uh, um, it's, a, it's a very challenging time for the PGA Tour. We see Jane Monaghan kind of, at crossroads going this way 
and and it's uh, probably upsetting um, Yashir El Ramayan. And, uh, and, and, you know, Jay's looking at the private equity. And I think the cost of money is, is so vastly different between how much you can get from the Saudis and what you're, they're looking for a return. They're not looking for a return on investment. Now, when you bring in the private equity guys, that's all they consider about equ- uh, a return on their investment. And, and uh, kind of one way is going north and one way is going south, and you can't go in the same direction at the same time. So it's, it's going to be very interesting um, how things are going to transpire. When you look at the rest of the field, so to speak, and we've had a series of the biggest names uh, precede John Rahm with Liv, of course, uh, Phil Mickelson, uh, you know, part of that, uh, that camp. Uh, do you think that the ability of John to put it, his own team, uh, John Rom, to put his own team together, will immediately lead to a few more making the move? And at what point um, does the PGA Tour uh, become significantly altered uh, that it can't proceed as it's currently constructed? Well, that's the uh, that's the sixty four million dollar question. It, it, I think that you know when 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 people start. Well, the old saying of rats jumping off a ship, um, I think is being very much threatened with this. And, and, and I, and, and unfortunately I don't, you know, in my opinion, I'm not attracted to team golf. I'm not attracted to seeing a John Rahm or, or, a, um, Dustin Johnson make a putt for $4 million on top of their money I want to watch the best players in the world play against each other for the historical events of, say, the Bing Crosby National Pro-Am or the LA Open and these PGA Tour tournaments that are significant rather than live event number seven or live event number eight. And, and, and how it's going to unfold is, is very concerning because, you know, it, if the, it's the threat on the PGA Tour, it could really, really hurt the PGA Tour. And it doesn't mean necessarily that live is going to succeed or, or transplant itself from the PGA tour. It could, it could bring it down. Um, uh, the fans don't like to see these, this greed that's going on. People are becoming numb from all the money. And um, it's just uh, it, the cost of it, uh, you know, the integrity of professional golf at the highest level, which is the PGA tour is absolutely being threatened by it. And uh, it's really a sad state of affairs. We're talking to Dick Zokel of Predator Ridge, a member of the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame, a former tour player himself and regular contributor to the sport market on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Uh, you know, you and I have been talking about this, following this story for, uh, you know, at least the better part of two years now. And um, I, at least I've always framed it as a question of will money proved to be more important than the history, the tradition, uh, the culture of the PGA Tour. And, and, and I often thought that if anything could trump money, it would be that tradition. It would be that historical yeah. worth. Uh, but that really seems to be uh, very much under pressure now as John Rahm and others have, have made the move. What, if anything, can the PGA Tour do to change the narrative here and to you know, put more stock in the history of the game and the history of the tour. 
Well, that, I think the fact that Tiger Woods is, is uh, putting everything on his shoulders now, he's part of the policy board, um, you know, hopefully he himself can, I was hoping before this announcement that uh, it came out that Rum was going to be joining Liv, that Tiger could, you know, have a have an impact on him stopping him from, from going over. Um, uh, you know, he's the greatest asset the PGA Tour has, and he wants to continue with, you know, the 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 value of the PGA Tour's history. And uh, it's unfortunate that Jack Nicholas is probably a little too old to get back into the game. Uh, but I'm just, you know, I'm constantly wondering, like, what does Jack think about this? What what would Arnold Palmer thought about this? It's it's you know, in, in the hypocrisy that's going with this is just a little too much to stomach, you know, uh, $400 million to 650 million that the reported that Rom is getting. And keep in mind that Rom spoke about it, you know, as early as last summer that it's $400 million isn't going to change his life. So, you know, it, it's just, a, it's, a, it, it is at this precipice in this, what I think is a sad state of affairs. I'm not sure to, how to answer that question. If there is a possible way to do it, because, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully Tiger can make a difference, and Rory and and uh, and and the, can can rally the troops, get back on, get some exciting golf in the PGA Tour, and, and let the market decide what they're going to watch. You know, and the interesting thing is the market includes, of course, the powerhouse that is the Saudi sovereign fund, and money is absolutely no uh, object there, Uh, and and that's where I have a concern about the product and the packaging of the PGA Tour. You know, given my nine and a half years with Tennis Canada, there was a profound difference between a tour event and an exhibition event uh, where players were paid at that, in those years, fifty thousand uh, dollars just to show up for the day, right? Yeah. Um, in this particular case, there's a lot of knowledgeable golf fans who are really pushing back on the notion that well, Rom is essentially be getting these in some kind of pseudo guaranteed fashion. It's not as if he has to uh, eat what he kills, so to speak. Uh, moving forward, uh, he'll get a big chunk of that money whether he um, is, is playing par or whether he's bogeying. Right. Yes, and, and um, you know, and, and one other media report in the last two days, Tom, was that Wells Fargo is going to not renew its schedule after 2024. So I think Wells Fargo, which is one of the signature events, and uh, so we see a big bank like that going by the wayside, which is not a good sign. And in particular, the PGA Tour had not kind of put RBC in that position uh, where I believe they should have been. And um, with the fact that, and, and, and when we're going to have to wait and see what this agreement's going to flesh out. And, you know, to our, you know, the Hartford Insurance Companies, are the big brands, AT&T, Nissan, all the big sponsors of the PGA Tour, are they going to want to be involved moving forward when this agreement gets put together if Saudi is going to and, uh, and, and popping up their Aramico brand all over the place and, uh, and, and Saudi golf? So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. It depends on how much those who love the game 
and are very seriously committed to the game are going to be able to um, to deal with it. Is it is it you know will it change the whole dynamics of the of the PGA Tour? Will greed get in so deeply involved with the PGA Tour? that people will just be a little bit sickening to, to watch it. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, in my books, it's a bad news story for the men's golf tour. At least there's some good news this week, though. Uh, both Rory McIlroy, Nick Taylor, uh, making their commitments to be at the RBC Canadian Open uh, this spring. Uh, that is certainly yeah. a, a positive for, for an event that, really deserves to have as many of the top players as possible uh, uh, showing up. But certainly uh, McElroy making the commitment and uh, the Canadian uh, history maker, Nick oh. Taylor, making the commitment. Uh, those are two steps in the, in the right direction for the RBC Canadian Open, don't you think? Absolutely. You know, one of the greatest things that happened on the PGA Tour was, and, and, and those who are not Canadians like you and I and, and your listening audience, Tom, is the fact that how Nick Taylor won the the RBC Canadian Open and that story. And I love how the Americans embraced that story. It wasn't just solely us and they didn't care about it. They saw how much it meant to Canada and, and, and rightly so that RBC got the benefit of being the title sponsor when this momentous, uh, you know, situation happened. So that was one of the brightest lights of the whole PGA Tour, considering everything. And, and I give full credit to uh, uh, Golf Canada and to the RBC Canadian Open. Uh, what they've done with the new logo and mm. the video version of that new logo using the silhouette of Nick Taylor with the uh, uh, the putter toss, uh, one of the best pieces of branding mm. I've seen in a long time. It really was. What a, what a delight. How personal it made it for Nick Taylor. And um, those of us who have tried to stop that, uh, that, that, that history from continuing, and, 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 and you're right, and how he let go of that putter and how they introduced it to the, uh, the, the logo brand of the RBC Canadian Open. What a great marketing play that was. Dick, as always, really appreciate all of your perspectives. This is a story that will continue to have onion layer after onion layer uh, uh, behind it. We'll continue to monitor it with you. Thanks so much for doing this. Have a terrific rest of the week. Thank you, Tom. Always a pleasure being with you. He is Dick Zokel of the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame. He's at Predator Ridge in the Okanagan Valley in British Columbia. And he's also, of course, a former member of the PGA Tour. Uh, just tying these two stories together on the podium funded by Alpine Credits, our top three sport business stories of the week. We've been talking silver here with Dick Zokol, and we're talking anywhere from 550 to $600 million, essentially guaranteed for John Rahm to join the Live Golf Series. Shohei Otani is reportedly getting offers in that range, including from the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, that would be north of $500 million, probably closer to $600 million on a potential 10-year deal. Uh, chew on that a little bit in terms of those two half-billion-dollar opportunities, one essentially being guaranteed from the front end, uh, another one uh, over the course of 10 years of play. Next up, 
We're going to check out the Sport Market Power Rankings, the five hottest franchises in North American professional sport. We'll also take a lighter side look at the business of sport. That's all coming your way next, right here, as we continue to rate and debate the bulls and bears of sport business on the Sport Market on the Sportsnet Radio Network. You're listening to the Sport Market on Sportsnet 650. Keep it locked right here on Sportsnet Radio and Sportsnet over the course of the weekend, the next few days, especially if you're on Otani Watch. Here are the five hottest franchises in North American professional sport. The Sport Market Power Rankings, the hottest performing franchises in North American professional sports. Our power rankings have a little bit of a unique twist. They combine the wins and losses, the winning streaks, the on-ice, on-court, on-field, on-pitch stuff with the business stuff. Everything from franchise valuation to sponsorships, attendance, TV numbers, and more. And on that note, three teams in the National Hockey League deserve shout-outs. First of all, the Philadelphia Flyers. They've won three straight. All of a sudden, they're second in the Metro Division. The LA Kings, they've won three straight going into the weekend. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. According to Sportico, the Kings are valued at $1.72 billion. But the hottest team in the National Hockey League and just outside of our power ranking five are the Edmonton Oilers. They've won five straight. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10. All of a sudden, they've climbed back to 10-12-1, just a couple of games south of 500, and they're 7 points out of the second wild card. The oil are rated at $1.59 billion by Sportico. Shoutouts as well to the Orlando Magic, who are 8-2 in their last 10 in the NBA. Uh, they're one of three teams in the bottom five business units in the association who have had good weeks. Minnesota Timberwolves are 8-2 in their last 10. They're now all of a sudden first in the West. They're valued by Forbes at $2.5 billion. And also in Major League Soccer, shout out to LAFC, uh, the only billion-dollar franchise in Major League Soccer. They find themselves in this weekend's MLS Cup Final against the Columbus Crew. Also, shout out to the NFL's Miami Dolphins. They're valued by Forbes magazine at $5.7 billion. They're 9-3 on the field, as are the $4.63 billion Baltimore Ravens. Detroit Lions at 9-3, but none of them are in our top five. Number five. It's the Indiana Pacers, who are 12-8 and eight now in their overall regular season. They are looking real good. They've made it to the championship final of the NBA Cup against the Los Angeles Lakers, and not a lot of people would have picked them to do it. That's why they've got number five spot this week. Number four. It's the Philadelphia Eagles, who for the previous four weeks and six of the previous seven weeks were in top place in the sport market power rankings. The Eagles were humbled by the San Francisco 49ers last week. However, they fall to 10-2. and two. They're the 10th biggest team in the NFL. They fall to four this week in the power rankings. Their Forbes valuation, $5.8 billion. Number three. It's the Los Angeles Lakers, the fourth richest franchise in the NBA. They are in the finals of the NBA Cup against those Indiana Pacers. They're 14-9 overall regular season, 7-3 in their last 10. Number two. 
It's Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers, 9-3 and three on the field. Ninth richest franchise in the NFL, certainly a heritage brand with a half dozen Super Bowl titles uh, beside their name. $5.8 billion is their Forbes valuation based on projected annual revenues of $622 million. Number one. But it's the Dallas Cowboys in top spot. You could argue that the 49ers might be the better team so far. They're both 9-3, and three, though. And the big difference is the Cowboys are driving $1.14 billion in revenues. That's almost twice what the 49ers do. Their Forbes valuation, $9 billion. They're the richest franchise in the NFL, richest in North America, and they're the highest-valued team in the world.